Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So, uh, let's go to the Saskatchewan Premier, who joins us on The Roy Green Show on the Cordless Radio Network. I still haven't asked a question, and all the phone lines are flashing. This is the intensity of the response to the Donald Trump victory. Premier Wall, it's good to speak with you again. Thank you for, thank you for uh, taking the time. Thanks very much for having me on, Roy. So Donald Trump is going to have no carbon tax. He'll reopen coal mines, cleaned up coal mines, and that's very possible with today's technology. He'll lower corporate taxes by 20%, and he'll punish companies which move um, American jobs outside the United States. And Mr. Trump is going to part company with the U.N. over its climate agenda. So what is your, what is your message to Mr. Trudeau about... About the uh, about the carbon tax premier today after the election victory of Donald Trump. Well, the message to the federal government from Saskatchewan is the same as it was prior to the election, uh, which is that a carbon tax uh, is going to make us uncompetitive. It's a, if it's obviously not adopted by our major competitors and trading partners, uh, we know Australia dumped their carbon tax. They're not headed down that road. Uh, it was unlikely that the U.S., regardless of the elector- election turnout on Tuesday, would head down that road. They've had a hard time even trying to do things through the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, with respect to carbon, because they've been challenged by the states in court. And, and so uh, now we know for sure that they're not going to have a carbon tax, and that's our largest trading partner and our biggest competitor. And so uh, the case is even stronger now against the carbon tax for Canada at this time. I mean, we... Again, I, I, I've said this on your show before, Roy. Separate, separate from the Fed, from the U.S. Fed, uh, election. Imagine, imagine uh, a, a tax on the auto manufacturing sector when it was on its knees in 2009. Canadians would have just thought, well, that would have thought that terrible policy. Uh, effectively, a carbon tax right now, uh, which will obviously impact carbon-intense uh, sectors like oil and gas and the, and the mining sector, is a, is, an, is an equivalent to a to an auto manufacturer's tax a few years ago. It just doesn't make any sense. It's bad for other countries' economy. It will cost even what the federal government calls carbon leakage, and that's a, an economist benign-sounding term for jobs and money going from a place that has a carbon tax to a jurisdiction that doesn't. In our case, it's just south of the border. In our case, it's the back formation, which we share with grudgingly, as I've said, with North Dakota and Montana. Uh, and who, who's going to locate an oil rig on the, on the Saskatchewan side of that formation if we've got a $15 a ton carbon tax uh, here in Canada, and we've given the U.S. Uh, economy that much of a head start. Which we cannot afford to do in any way, shape, or form. So the economic repercussions would be significant, and jobs would be, not only would jobs not be created, but jobs would be lost by comparison to the United States. Has, has, Premier, has, Premier, has the Prime Minister of Canada replied, responded in any way to your publicly expressed concerns about his so far, determined drive to push through a carbon tax. Well, indirectly, indirectly, I guess he said, "Look, you can. Uh, when we levy this carbon tax, we'll give all the money back to the province, and you can rebate it back to your economy." And, and the minister uh, for Saskatchewan, Mr. Goodale, has actually put a, a finer point on it. He said, "You could eliminate the carbon tax will cost Saskatchewan's economy two point five billion dollars when fully implemented." And Mr. Goodale said, "Look, you can." The federal minister said, "Look, you can eliminate your income tax with that much money." Here's the problem with that, with that argument, uh, or with that counterpoint. If the carbon tax has cost jobs in canola crushing plants, in potash mines, because Putin, who compete with on potash, is not going to have a carbon tax either. If it's cost us jobs in the energy sector, 
If it's Costas Jobs in a large manufacturer, a steel mill like Evraz in Regina, a pipe uh, manufacturer, uh, those people that have lost their jobs are going to find it pretty cold comfort that the, gov- the province could eliminate or reduce income tax the proceeds from a carbon tax. That's how facile the argument is. Well, from all from the federal environment minister and even the prime minister, if I may say, and his other ministers, you can just give all this money back. Except if it has cost us jobs because it makes us uncompetitive, what is the point of income tax relief to people who have who aren't paying any income? Uh, tax in the first place. That's a huge challenge. I've had others say, uh, and it sometimes it seems to come from the federal government. Well, look, you can you could actually collect this carbon tax and, and give it back to the same industries that have paid a higher cost because they're heavy emitters and keep them whole. To which then I respond, well, then what is the point of all of this? What is the point of this if we can actually just sort of somehow give it back, other than a bureaucratic merry-go-round that would also cost the country's economy? Roy, it just doesn't make any sense that we would be doing this. It's not even the best way to reduce emissions. BC's had a carbon tax since 2008. Their carbon emissions are up. They are up on an absolute basis. Yeah. Uh, Pre- and that's at, at $30 a ton. Premier Wall, we have a, one of these, unfortunately, very poor uh, connections with, with mobile phones. So let me ask you in about 60 sef- seconds if you could combine the issue of Keystone XL and NAFTA. The, they're on the table. They have to be on the table now because Mr. Trump's put them on the table. Well, obviously for Keystone, it makes us very hopeful. And I hope that the federal government, and specifically Mr. Trudeau, has reached out to the folks on the transition team and, and raised it when, with, the, with the Trump when he talked to him on the phone. Here we have a signal from the United States that a project of huge importance to Canada, to our energy sector, a, a project that could get us to Tidewater and ensure that we have more than one customer for our oil and therefore access a much higher world price for the resource that Canadians own. I hope that he's raised it immediately. I hope they're working on a plan to advocate for this to make, to ensure that it, it is part of the first 100 days even and, and, and a promise kept by the, by the president. We are in Saskatchewan. We're going to, we've already engaged with our U.S. representation to try to formulate a plan for that. And with respect to NAFTA, the Americans want to reopen it, then we need to do that. And again, we need to be proactive there. That agreement is vital to our economy, that free trade agreement, uh, and we need to be uh, protecting Canada's interests there. And I, I hope the federal government has, A, uh, reached out already, uh, and B, has a plan uh, formulated and being developed to defend Canadians' interests, uh, both proactively on Keystone and also perhaps a bit defensively on NAFTA. Premier Wall, thank you for uh, being so willing to talk to us uh, about this issue. I, I would hope that other first ministers in this country would be equally determined to uh, to persuade Prime Minister Trudeau to do what you're suggesting he do for the good of us all. Thank you, Premier Wall. Good speaking with you as always. Right. Thanks. Have a good day. All the best.